is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey, it's Jill. So I have been wanting to tell you this story. I actually tried to tell you this story a week ago and I had a really strange glitch with my equipment. I've been podcasting for almost three years. It's never happened. And I thought it was going to be probably one of our best conversations and it just wasn't meant to be. It's just one of those things. For some reason, it didn't happen. So I'm back today telling you a story that I feel like you'll find funny. I wanted to share it with you because there's so many insights into just life and how, you know, life works in the universe, et cetera. I also thought that it would be light and and fun for you to hear the story. Now, I know that I've been promising you a story called Chicken Palooza. I don't think you're like up at night waiting for the episode on Chicken Palooza, but I do know that I've said it a few times and I just want to let you know I didn't forget it's coming. It's a hilarious, hilarious it will be a hilarious episode telling you about, I mean, you know, when there are like a series of unfortunate events, like series of things that it someone may not believe it if you tell them, right? Unless they like know you and trust you because it just sounds so crazy and exaggerated. That's the experience that we had with our chickens over the course of about mm, maybe two weeks over the summer. <laughs> I have to sit down and actually put pen to paper and list all of the events in order so I don't forget. And you know, I love podcasting without preparation and without notes. So I'll do that another time. But today I do have a chicken story for you. Okay. So if you're not a chicken fan, I still think you're going to like this episode because there is actually a beautiful, pretty deep meaning to what happened. And you can ask yourself as you're listening or maybe afterwards, when are people, situations, events, maybe even animals, perhaps chickens, conspiring not against me, but for me, like in my favor? When are there situations when I don't realize it, but life is working in my favor, but bringing in all kinds of different situations and experiences and people to make something happen so that I can experience something or learn something or both. So that's what happened with me. I 100% (laughs) truly believe that my chickens conspired, not just with each other. I don't think they're having a conversation over there in the, in the coop about me. But I do believe that what I believe in, the God I believe in, the angels I know exist, I believe they all came together with these chickens and conspired to help me move some emotions through me that needed to be moved and to, um, 
I'll just say that. I'm going to say that before I say this, anything else. I'm going to get out with the story, but I believe that that happened. That's sort of the punchline of this, but it's a funny story. So what I'm going to list for you is going to sound different. If you're a regular listener, you're going to say, wait a minute, I, didn't, I thought you had like three roosters and you had a couple hens. And well, that's part of chicken palooza. I'm going to tell you what I have now. I have no roosters. Well, I have some adolescents that I think might be becoming roosters, but I have no adult roosters anymore. I have three hens, Violet, April, and Elowen. They were named after my grandson by my grandson, Rocco, after his teacher, Miss April, and his two best friends at school, Violet and Elowen. <laughs> so those are my three hens. And Elowen had something happen, which was part of the Chicken Palooza story, where my dog, Henry, unfortunately, He's been around the chickens and there's never been an issue, but I watched him go after her and just grab her like he was a hunting dog and he was holding her and we said drop and he dropped her and and really hurt her. Her leg was hurting and then she had a puncture in her back. Well, I didn't know this because I'm a fairly new chicken mom and man, oh man, am I learning something every day? I mean, not just with them, but in the Facebook groups. Side note, there are Facebook groups full of chicken moms. And I'm telling you, it's informative. It's educational. Um, it's fucking weird too. <laughs> These people, I'm sorry. Some of them treat their chickens like humans. They're completely obsessed. I mean, I love mine to death and they are my pets. So I will say that. And let's just say it's a community that I don't really fit in with, but yet we have something in common. How about that? Anyway, all kinds of things happen with these chickens that I wouldn't expect. And one is that when a chicken gets injured, the other chickens will try to kill it. If they smell or see blood, oh, it's so disgusting. They will go over, these sweet little chickens will go over to their own like child or sister or mother and they will just peck, peck, peck at that wound until the chicken dies. Okay, didn't know that. So I'm only sharing part of Chicken Palooza because it is relevant to the story today. So, Elowen is the one that that happened to. Ended up protecting her. Nobody killed her. They pecked at her and tried to bully her for quite a while. And I came to the rescue and protected my baby girl and surrounded her and made sure she was okay. Well, part of this story that I'm telling you today, and try not to laugh, because it's just so crazy what these chickens do. Oh my gosh, you guys. So, Okay, let me stay centered. I'm literally laughing <laughs> talking to you because I keep thinking of the Chicken Palooza story too. I should maybe just make it one episode and tell you all of it, but it would be three hours, okay? Oh my God, you guys. Okay, so I'm thinking to stay focused with the story I'm telling you today, but relevant from the Chicken Palooza story is that little Elowen was injured and the other chickens were bullying her. Let's just leave it at that. All right, so... Elowen is someone that I felt responsible for. I felt badly that our dog, I would say, bit her, attacked her, whatever the word is, because, you know, I love guilt. It's like my favorite thing. And I immediately blame myself when it comes to my kids. <laughs> and I immediately blame myself when it comes to my chickens. Not super healthy, obviously, but that is my autopilot. And then I check myself. But my autopilot was, this is my fault. I need to protect her and make sure she's okay. So... In doing that, that is relevant to the story, by the way, I would make sure that I was 
you know, protecting her, but also when she became broody, you know what that is? They become broody and they want to hatch anything, even a light bulb. Like they want to hatch something. They're just dying to hatch something. You could put a tennis ball, you could put a light bulb, they'll sit on it. This is a real thing, you guys. It's a whole funny phenomenon with chickens. So these girls will get broody. Well, I believe that Ellen wasn't just broody. I believe that she wanted so badly to be a mama because my two other hens post chicken palooza had 15 babies. So there were 15 babies that I didn't know were coming and Violet and April were the moms. Ellen was not a mom. The roosters are no longer. I'll tell you that story another time, I promise. So we have no adult roosters anymore. We have three, I would call them adult hens, okay? And then suddenly these 15 babies, which turned into 13 babies because we lost a couple. So Ellen became broody and it was really sad. It was also a way for her to protect herself because they wouldn't bother her if she was just sitting on eggs. She would lay an egg, she would sit on it. Someone else would lay an egg. She'd roll it over with her little beak and put it under herself. And she'd just sit on it and she'd sit on it. And it went from them bullying her and attacking her to them seeing that that's her place in the group. She's the sitter. So she would sit there on the eggs, but but I'm talking weeks would go by. So <laughs> I would like bring water to her. I would bring a little side dish of food to her and she'd eat and drink. Sometimes I would make her get up. She needed to exercise her little legs. She'd walk around and they'd start to bully her a little bit and then she'd run back over to her eggs, okay? Painting a picture here, painting a picture. So that's Elowen, sweet little Elowen. <sighs> so a couple of weeks ago, my husband called me on the phone. I was out and about and he said, you might wanna come check on your chickens. Why? I don't know. They're just acting weird. What do you mean they're acting weird? Well, sometimes I will let them free range. And I don't do it super often because we live out in the country. We've got everything from coyote to fox to raccoons to hawks, everything, right? And as I said, these little chickens are super sweet, super gentle. And well, I don't know if I said that, but they are super sweet and super gentle. They're a special breed called silkies, okay? And So I had them out and about and I was running errands and he said, you might want to come check on them. I said, what do you mean they're acting weird? He said, well, they're just like sitting in the long grass. We we live in the country, as I said. So we have like the mown grass, which is like a regular yard. And then we had this really long sort of like wild brush, I'll call it. And then a bunch of woods. And they've gotten a little more bold as they free range. They'll like leave the coop area like five feet, 10 feet, 15. And then one time I saw them like pretty far well, I saw a couple of them going into the deep brush a couple of times and I was like, yeah, probably not a good idea. I don't know what's in there. I mean, who knows? Rabbits, muskrats, fox, I don't know what. And he said, no, but they're like laying, like just like still. And especially Elowen, she's acting weird. I said, okay, well, so I ran my next errand, which, which was to get them some food, went to the old rural king, got them their food and some snacks and some other things. I came back and normally when I approach the chickens, just me saying, girls, girls, mama's here, they just come running. They're so excited, right? Especially when I have food. No one came. No one came. No one came. And I'm like, that's really weird. It was getting a little chilly. It was starting to rain a little bit. Silkies don't do well in the rain. They're 
feathers are different. They're their little puffball chickens. I wish I could show you a picture. Just look up a silky, S-I-L-K-I-E. And they have just cute little puffy, puffy feathers that look like little puffballs. Sometimes you can only see their little beak coming out. So you don't want to leave them out in the rain, especially when it's a little chilly. So it was raining a little bit and I was like, that's super weird. And I saw a couple of them come over and start to come near my bag of food and then ran away. I'm like, that's weird. So I walked around and I saw just a few chickens and no one else. And I was like, oh my God, something got my chickens. Oh my God, this is awful. I called my husband and I was like, yes, they're acting weird. And I've got like eight, at least eight missing, like maybe more. And I was, I can't remember where I was going, but it was something important. Maybe a doctor's appointment, something that I couldn't miss. So I like rushed out and just said a prayer. Like, I just hope they're okay. I can't, I can't find them. I don't know what to do right now. I came back from whatever it was that I was doing. And my mission was to find these chickens. At this point, it was raining harder and and a little bit colder. So I'm out there and I still, I can't remember. I mean, it was actually pretty traumatizing. Um, I think I'm having some PTSD from what happened, but I know that not Elowen, but another one of the hens was sitting on some eggs. And there was another one like in the run area where they walk around and maybe another one, but that was it. I'm walking and I see a body. And it was really upsetting. Like, I feel like I'm going to cry right now. Like, it was really awful. Like, something devoured this chicken. Like, I could see, like, like the bones. And it was awful. And I just knew immediately that it was Elowen. I knew it. She's the weakest link. She's the smallest one. And TK, my husband TK, said that she was acting weird and that she was just sitting kind of in a weird way. I think she was already injured. And she couldn't move. That's what I think happened. Anyway, I found the body and I'm calling for all the other chickens. And I just say girls because I don't really know at this at their age right now which ones are roosters and which ones are hens. I can kind of tell by some of them, but I don't know. So I was like, girls, girls, mama's here. It's okay. You can come. And I, heard, and I heard nothing and I saw nothing. And just picture me hovered over this chicken carcass and I'm just bawling my eyes out. I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm crying. And I'm, I'm you know, these are my pets. Right. So it is different than people who have chickens who actually eat the, eat the chickens or they just have so many chickens. To me, they are my pets and this breed, they make great pets because they're so gentle and loving and they love people. And so I was genuinely very, 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 very sad. And of course the guilt set in because I felt like it was my fault for leaving them out. Couldn't find them anywhere. And I don't know, maybe 15 minutes went by like a while. I walked through our entire woods tons of woods, walk through the brush, walk through everything, calling for them, looking. And I'm like, oh my God, they're all gone. Like a coyote must have come and just taken all of them. And then there's just this one carcass here. I don't get what's going on. I've never done this before, but man, it's bad. So I started to walk away and I heard, (laughs) I looked over and I was like, is that Elowen? Is she an angel? Like, where's this coming from? I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I started following the sound. You guys, I wish you could have seen it. It was so cute. I went over to the deep, deep, deep grass. When I say deep, it's like, let's say two feet high. And these chickens are small. Remember, they're not big chickens anyway. And they're adolescents. And (laughs) one little chicken just poked her little head out like, mama. And I was like, oh my gosh, come here. It's okay. It's okay. And so she came out and soaking wet, 
Like they look so funny when they're wet. And she was just full of just like bugs and dirt. And I was like, oh my God, you poor thing. And I'm like, come on, come on. So I start running back to the coop and she follows. And then another one comes, then another one comes and like four or five come out. I'm like, oh my God, they're alive. I'm so excited. But then that was it. So at this point, I can't count exactly right now in my head, but let's just say I had Elowen down, sadly, a couple in the coop. And at this point, I think I had five or six that came out of the deep brush. It was so cute. What's interesting is I almost stepped right in that spot to look in the woods. That would have been bad, but they were right there next to me. I couldn't see them. So they came running, got them back into the coop. My husband was so sweet. He's out in the rain with me and we chased them uh, to the point where they were willing to get into the coop. And we we're, I said, okay, so obviously I lost the rest. Maybe there's a chance they're alive, but I, I can't imagine. Searched everywhere again the next morning, nothing. Searched again after that, nothing. So at this point I realized, I and you, some of you saw me put it on social media, that I lost like eight of them. So <laughs> I cried and I cried. Have you ever cried about something or been upset or angry about something. And you could tell there was more underneath that. Like you felt like, okay, there's probably, this is probably more than just this, but you don't want to look under the covers. Like, I don't have time for that. That's how I was feeling. I knew that there was more underneath. Like I wasn't just crying, you guys. It was like a whole day of grieving. Like I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I got in the bath. I'm bawling. I tried to watch TV. I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm thinking about how they died. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like catastrophizing. I'm replaying over and over again how they must have died. How it must have happened. Was that a hawk? Oh, maybe it was two hawks. Was that a coyote? Did they rip them apart? Did they cry? Did they try to help each other? Did they try to save each other? Like, I know you've done this at at some point in your life, in some situation, you know, like your spouse doesn't call back and you're like in your head, they're dead in a ditch or you're planning their funeral. Well, I was doing this with these chickens. So what was that? That was my protective pattern. That was an old pattern that was revisiting me. And what did it look like? Here's what it looked like. Going through the worst case scenarios, but not just thinking about it, but stewing on it, replaying it over and over in my head, actually visualizing how it may have happened. So I played out the coyote scenario. I played out the multiple coyote scenario. I played out the hawk scenario, the multiple hawk scenario. I don't even know if that happens, but in my head it happened. The fox scenario, the raccoon scenario, multiple different predators getting them. And then how did it happen? What must they have felt? What must they have experienced? What kind of sounds were going on? So I was replaying all of this over and over and just like stewing in it and bathing and suffocating in this sludge of pain. Not just I'm so sad, but I'm going to make myself feel even worse. So there was that. Then I decided to douse it with guilt. This is my fault. I shouldn't have done it. Blah, 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 blah. This is what I did for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I remember standing in front of a bunch of dirty dishes that I had let go. I mean, like a pile of dirty dishes. And instead of just being productive and doing that, I chose to slip into that pattern. But what's here? here's what's funny. It was intentional. Like it was like the steak and shake chili cheese dog. If I used to indulge in like really unhealthy, but really delicious crap food. The analogy or the example I would give is the chili 
uh, Chase Dog from Steak and Shake. Like, it's horrible for me. I'm very well aware of it. And I'm eating it. Like, I'm, I'm going to eat it. And it's my choice. So in this situation, I didn't blindly slip into an old pattern. I blindly started to slip in the old pattern. And then I recognized it. And guess what I did? I didn't yank myself out of it. I stayed in it. And I let myself do that. I ate jelly beans. There were a bunch of jelly, like multiple flavored jelly beans. The ones where it's like, oh, this is so good. This is bubble gum. This is whatever. And then all of a sudden you get the one that's popcorn and you're spitting it out. I didn't care. I'm just like, I hadn't eaten any food that day. It's like 2.30 in the afternoon. No food, barely any water. I'm surviving on jelly beans and misery. Jelly beans and guilt jelly beans and torturing myself and picking that scab over and over again. Super fun. So um, I did that for quite some time. And again, this realization came later. What I'm saying to you now, I didn't realize in the moment. Yes, I chose to feel like shit in the moment, but I didn't get what I get now, which was that, you know, I laughed. I laugh now because I'm like, you know, I looked out the window and I was like, I have all these tools in my tool belt. I have a podcast where I talk about these tools. I bring experts on all the time. You know, I've been working with some sort of one-on-one high-level coach for three consecutive years. I'm certified as a trauma-informed, you know, life coach. And you know what? I don't give a shit. I am going to sit in my shit on purpose. I'm going to eat these damn jelly beans. I'm going to torture myself. I'm going to cry. I'm going to be miserable. And I'm going to be sad. And I'm going to replay this trauma over and over and over again because I want to. (laughs) Like, this is what I did. So as I was doing that, I remember looking out the window. And I looked and I will be damned. My little chickens were back at the coop trying to get in. Lined up like cute little soldiers trying to get into the coop. I screamed and I dropped my phone. Oh my God, they're alive, they're alive. Oh my God, they're alive. And I ran out there and every one of them but Elowen was alive. They were all alive. They were all hiding for over 24 hours in the deep brush, in the cold, in the rain, not eating, not drinking, fearing for their lives, (laughs) probably afraid the predator would come back after they witnessed the murder of sweet little Elowen. All right. I know that was a long story, but let's just break this down a little. Besides what I did and how I coped with it, this is what I truly believe. One of my favorite things in the world is when we have lessons that cannot be explained by logic, reason, or science. We just know. We just know. There's just this deep knowing in our bones and in our gut. And I know personally that this is what happened, right? This was my lesson. So I believe that these little chickie-poos and my angels, God, everything that is in control, everything that is love, everything that is conspiring in my favor, worked together to help me move through the pain and unresolved, I would just say, sadness, etc. that I said the week before I needed to move, but I didn't want to. That's the part I didn't tell you. So I moved my youngest child, not just to college or, you know, out of town, but to a different state 
I live in the U.S. and I'm in Indiana, moved him all the way to Dallas, Texas. He's 18 years old. And I'll just say that he had a hard couple of years. The summer was awful. His heart was broken. And it's just been a rough couple of years. I'll say that. And when I moved him, I said to my husband, I feel like I really need to do some grieving this week. But you know what? I don't want to. Because I've been so sad the past couple of years. And I've been so caught up in wanting to rescue, wanting to protect, wanting to fix. Now God has given this kid the most amazing, miraculous chance. He's so excited for his life. He's so excited to have this, this new situation, this new opportunity. He couldn't be in a better place. I just want to like move on and be an empty nester and just celebrate. Now, what have we talked about for three years, right? There's nothing wrong with me feeling that way, but you can't push the ball under the water. Or if we do, at some point, it's going to pop up and smack us in the face. Sometimes it's decades later. So I said that on Monday, I became an empty nester officially the next morning when we got back to Indiana on Tuesday. And that's the day that this happened with the chickens. So my first day as an empty nester, the other thing that I care for and I love and I take care of as a mother died. Well, one died and the rest were faking their own deaths. (laughs) So let's connect the dots. For me, I'm certain that when I said out loud, we can't underestimate the power of the words that we speak into the universe. I said, I really feel like I need to do some grieving. I need to grieve the past couple of years. I need to grieve the experience that my child did not have that I wanted them to have and I assumed they were going to have. I need to grieve some things from this summer. I need to grieve and I need to like really feel all of the sadness and pain that I was holding in the past couple of years because I was trying to be strong for that child, but I don't want to. And I explained before why. I said that out loud and God heard it. And my angels were like, okay, she said it, let's do it. She's not gonna do it on her own, let's help her. So the very day that I become an empty nester and I get back home and I'm ready for this new like spark and sparkle and she's getting her groove back and let's go and I'm an empty nester and time to finally live for me and focus on me and my child's had this great new future ahead of him and blah, 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 blah. And then I think I lose all of my chickens and I'm like in a heap on the floor in the rain or on the ground in the rain, bawling my eyes out, grieving the murder of sweet little Eloin, thinking I lost the rest of them. And it turns out they were all alive except for her. That grieving that I did that day when I told you I was crying harder than I thought I should be crying, I couldn't stop crying. I was, you know, sitting in the bathtub crying, watching TV crying, and then replaying all the scenarios and all that that I shared. I know that that was happening so that I could move this other grief through me that I even said needed to come out so I could enjoy the next chapter, get my groove back, feel the sparkle. You feel me? So I had that experience where All that came out and through me, thinking it was about the chickens, and it was not about the chickens. Not at all. And then here's the icing on this cake. The icing is that yesterday, 
what I realize is, oh my gosh, why did Elowen die? Elowen was the one I was trying to what? Rescue, protect, fix. She was the one I felt responsible for. She was an energy suck. She was an energy leak. She was interference. She was a distraction. Now, does that mean I wanted Elowen to die? No, my God, no. I'm so sad about it still. I still think about her. But I truly, truly, truly believe no spiritual bypassing here. It's not, well, everything happens for a reason. Rip, Elowen. I really believe, I don't just believe. I know that God, the universe, whatever word you want to insert, had Elowen die and had me see that body, by the way, because I said that besides wanting to move grief, what did I say? I'm ready to start living for me. I'm ready to start focusing on myself. And Elowen was the last little bit of my life that I was obsessed about that I was trying to rescue, protect, and save all the time. And I could cry right now, but it's like she sacrificed herself for me. So Elowen's gone. All of the rest are great. I feel amazing. After I had that realization, I mean, I danced in celebration and I moved and I did my crystal alchemy bowls and I prayed and I said, thank you so much. And next time I'll talk to you about the positive, fun, exciting side of life when you launch all of your children out into the world. He's our fifth. And I am just so incredibly excited. I have this like spaciousness in me that I have not had in me for a long time. And I'm really, 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 really feeling optimistic. And I'll say again, excited, excited about the second half of my life in this new chapter. So who in your life, what situation, what person, what conversation, what series of events, unfortunate or fortunate, but what things, what breadcrumbs can be connected? What dots can be connected in your life when you can say, oh my goodness, that all was happening to get me to, that was all happening in my favor so that I could, I know there's something, I'm positive. And if you can't think of anything in the past, start looking now, starting today. Everything's happening for us. We know this. I know it's annoying to say it, right? Even the shit. Yes, it's happening for us. It's all happening for us. Nothing's happening to us. It's all happening for us. And it's all working in our favor. It's just that we don't know what that means because we think we know our path and we think we know how it's supposed to be. Everything's happening. It's all divinely orchestrated, all of it. So as you go out into the day, even today, one, let's start thinking about life that way, every event being something for us. And in the future, be willing to like look under the covers and ask for the messages and ask for the deeper meaning, ask for the lesson. And you might be really, really surprised where you find it and what that message and lesson is. All right. I hope you liked this story. I promise I'll share Chicken Palooza with you very soon. Thank you for being a listener. If you're new to our show, I'm so glad you're here. And we'd be so appreciative if you would send this episode out to someone who you think would get something out of it. As you move through your week, every day focus on the breath, breathing, 
on love, loving, and loving yourself, and accepting and loving what is, which is full surrender. <laughs>